Psalm 23, God has set a table for two, one chair for himself, the king, and the second one, believe it or not, is for you. But of course, the enemy wants a seat at the table too. Anxiety wants a seat, envy wants a seat, worry and frustration want a seat. But don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Look up, go up, you're invited up the mountain of God. Move towards infinite power, splendor, love and beauty, healing and restoration. When we gaze upon the Almighty, we are changed by the captivation. Empowered to take every thought captive in the battle of the mind. Shame is silenced by his glory and our future redefined. So draw near to Jesus. The shepherd is good. Our God is faithful. Take the place prepared for you and don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Well, good morning, Crossroads. I'm excited to dive into week three of this series. Are you excited to be here today? Let's dive in together. Let's do this. It's been a good day. Good day already. Uh, here at our campus here at Goshen, we're doing the cruising, of course, and I'm not going to lie to you, looking at the weather, it's not been great here in northern Indiana, and as I was walking on the parking lot this morning, as I walked in, the sun, just it, like the clouds parted, the sun began to shine. I'm going, my work here is finished. I have done this. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, but it's such a good day. It's so much fun to have days like this where we are just inviting anyone we can uh, to celebrate what Jesus does for us and how he changes our lives. And wherever you are joining us today, can we just welcome everybody who's outside today? Welcome everybody at Mishawaka, St. Pete, Nashville, wherever you are joining. What I want to invite you to do today is to take a next step in your relationship with Jesus by figuring out a way to win the battle for your mind, because that's what we're talking about today as we take on this idea and this concept of the enemy taking a seat at your table. And I would just ask you to consider today as we dive in, as we begin, to, to think about where we're going to end today, because today ends with me asking this question, what is fighting for a seat at your table? We're going to explain that and unpack that over the next few minutes, but I just want you to think about that as we dive in today. What is fighting for a seat at your table? This is based on Psalm 23, which is a, a psalm that most people are familiar with at some level because you hear this all throughout our culture and from time to time at you know, big events that you celebrate with family. Sometimes you'll hear this at a funeral. But Psalm 23 is an important psalm because of how it speaks to Jesus being our shepherd and what he wants to do in our lives. Uh, I'm going to read that as we dive in today. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Can we just stop and consider that for a second? When the Lord is my shepherd, when Jesus is the voice that I'm listening to, when he is the one who is guiding my life, that's when I find myself lacking nothing. It's when we, we, try, we, uh, we, have, we try to replace Jesus as our shepherd and we say, you know, I am my shepherd, you know, or, or something else in my life is going to be my shepherd. That's when we find ourselves in difficult situations. That's when we find ourselves lacking a lot of things, right? But when Jesus is our shepherd, when we are locking eyes on Jesus, that's when we find ourselves in this place where we truly lack nothing. And so that's the first thing that David identifies in this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. He is the one who is guiding me. He is the one whose voice I am following. And when I am following Jesus, I lack nothing. So what does that look like? Well, that's what the rest of Psalm 23 is all about. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. What we're seeing here is Jesus gives us everything that we need. And sometimes he leads us to those green pastures we didn't even know we needed. He takes us outside of our comfort zone. He helps us experience things that we never would have experienced on our own without him. Now, sometimes the journey getting there is a little bit difficult. 
But God leads us to places where he wants us to go, that we would never have gone on our own. Those green pastures, those quiet waters, he refreshes my very soul. It says, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. I want you to think about what that means. He guides me along the right path for his namesake, for his glory. What does that look like in my life? We're going to unpack that today. That's the battle for our mind. Am I letting Jesus guide me, guide my thoughts, guide my actions, guide my habits, guide my life? He is the one who wants to guide me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He finishes with the eternal perspective in mind. That's where it ends for all of us. When we take our last breath on planet Earth, the hope is, the hope of glory is that we will dwell in, in God's house with him forever. That's what we're pointing toward. That's what we're, we're looking forward to is that hope of eternal glory with Jesus. And that all begins by allowing Jesus to be my shepherd, allowing him to guide my path. And I want you to know today that the devil is doing everything he can to knock you off this plan for your life. Because we talked about this over the last couple of weeks. The devil is the enemy. He's the thief. In John 10.10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And what Jesus has done is he has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of the chaos, and it's a table for two. It's the most expensive invitation in the history of the world. Jesus paid every possible price so that we could experience this moment together with him. My life is lived best. I'm living life to the fullest when I'm focused on Jesus. Jesus came to bring me life to the full, and when I'm focusing on him, that is when I experience that life that he created me for. And the devil wants nothing to do with that, right? He comes to steal your joy, to kill your spirit, to destroy your soul. And he's going to do everything he can to get your focus off the king. And so what do we see in, in the book of James? What is his strategy well, here's the thing. The devil has a strategy, and it's a good one. I hate that it, it, he's really good at this. He's the father of lies. He's, he's deceitful in every possible way. And he will take every single opportunity he can to get you away from this table, to take your eyes off of Jesus, to stop listening to his voice, and, and not allow him to be the true shepherd of your life. It says in James chapter 1, this is a powerful passage of scripture, it says, temptation comes from our own desires. This is how the devil messes with us, which entice us and drag us away. We all have to fight this fight. We all have what we call our sinful nature, these evil desires that take us away from the table. And the devil is really good at dangling those desires in front of us. The, the word there used in James is the same word for a fisherman using bait to lure a fish to get on the hook, right? So we know, like, if you want to catch a bass, you have to have a specific lure for that, that moment, right? Now, when I fish, it's usually off of a dock. There's nothing fancy. And I've told you this story before. I use hot dogs because, well, I'm cheap, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I catch fish with hot dogs on a hook, so there you go. You go buy your $20 lure, I'm going to use half of a 20-cent hot dog. Okay. Um, to each his own. Now, granted, the lure is much better. I mean, I'm sure there's science behind it. Right? Like, this is the color. This is the spark. This is what that bass is looking for. And the devil knows our weaknesses. 
He plays to our desires, and he does an amazing job of doing everything he can to distract us from this unbelievable opportunity that we were created for to live in fellowship with God, to take our seat at this table that Jesus has prepared for us, not only prepared for us, but paid the ultimate price so that we could sit there in his presence and let him guide us and lead us to the place that he has called us to go, a place that only he can take us. So the devil, he uses our, our desires against us. He entices us. He drags us away. He says these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. I mean, what you see is this progression that is just disastrous, and it comes from me taking my eyes off of Jesus. And the devil is so good at sneaking up to the table and dangling everything he can in front of us to, to take our eyes off of Jesus. He's really really good at this. I mean, think about all the way back at the beginning. Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, and they live in this perfect, perfect world that God has created just for them. There's no death. There's no pain. There's no suffering. It's paradise. It's, it's what Jesus wanted for us, like this perfect place. It's heaven on earth. And the only rule, the only rule is don't eat from this tree. Like this one tree, don't eat from this one. Everything else you can imagine, you can do. You are free to do whatever you want, just don't eat from this tree. And so most people look at those odds and they just give up, but not the devil. He sees a crack. He sees an opportunity to, to weasel his way in there and get Adam and Eve focused on the tree. I, I saw this recently, and please don't be offended by this. I'm just having fun. I thought this was hilarious. Maybe you won't, but I'm going to take this risk. All right, are you guys okay if I take a risk and try to be funny here at my own expense? Yeah, that's right. Here we go. I saw something on the interweb that was very funny. Uh, it, was, it was speaking to the, uh, the terrible nature of trying to figure out where you're going to go out to dinner. Uh, do you ever have problems as a family trying to figure that out? Hey, where would you like to eat? Oh, I don't know. Where would you like? Does anybody else have that problem or just me? I have that problem. I can't pick. Uh, Dana can't pick. I, I'm just going to say we're terrible at making this choice. And <laughs> I think it goes back to Genesis 1. Why do we have such a difficult choice of where we're going to eat? Well, because the last time somebody chose, it ruined all of mankind. All right? Like, whoa, man. All right? Yikes. So we just got to be careful. I think we all have that fear like, oh, I don't want to pick the wrong choice. This could lead to a terrible place. So just be mindful of that. If you're having a hard time figuring out, it's probably because of all of that. Uh, <laughs> but all that being said, I mean, think about that. The devil doesn't give up. Now, he's on the prowl. He's doing everything he can to entice you. And even in a world where there is only one thing, there's one thing you can't do, he is tenacious. He keeps going after it. He does everything he can to get Adam and Eve focused on this one tree. And finally, he gets Eve to take a bite of the fruit. She gives it to Adam. Adam's like, I guess I'm in too. And, and it's, it's over. It's over. He, he takes us away from this unbelievable fellowship that God created us for. And and it's our own fault. We follow our own desires. We fall into the trap that he sets for us. And it's a, it's a path that leads to death. And I want you to know today that nothing has really changed in his strategy. And that right now, I think today more than ever, there is a battle going on every single day. And it's a battle for our minds. The devil's trying to do anything he can to, to get in your mind to take your focus off this beautiful relationship that Jesus wants to have with you. And he's doing everything he can to keep you from taking your seat at the table. And I think it's so, it's so important for us 
as we're trying to live this life that Jesus has called us to, to be who he has called us to be and, and serve the purpose that he created us for, I think we have to pause sometimes and just ask ourselves, what is it that, that is being battled for in my mind? What is, what is trying to take a seat at my table? How is the devil trying to sneak his way in and take my focus off of Jesus? And the reality is, this is an amazing, amazing truth. You have the power to change your mind. And, and this is not like, a, you know, Dr. Phil, hey, you can do this. Say it with me. I can do this. I can do this. That's not what we're talking about here, right? I mean, no offense to Dr. Phil. Uh, he's a doctor, I think. No? Maybe? Yes? Uh, this is more than just, you know, a nice phrase, a good statement, something inspiring that you, you know, see on a meme somewhere. You actually have the power to change your mind. And, and when you're in the battle for your mind, I want to encourage you today. Sometimes you feel like you're in a place where I have this hurt, I have this habit, I have this hang-up in my life that I cannot get victory over. Like, there's no way that I can win this battle. I mean, that's also a lie that the devil tries to tell you, but let's be real. We have strongholds in our lives that we feel like, I, I cannot win this battle. I want you to know today that you have the power to change your mind, and here's why. This is amazing, right? It's because you're not starting from zero. Okay, you're not starting on this journey all by yourself, all alone, starting from zero. You guys, we're starting this battle with Jesus, all right? And he is the one who gives us the power to overcome any stronghold in our lives. And when it comes to the battle for our mind, I think it's really important for us to restructure our entire thought process around Jesus, around who he is and who he has called us to be. That means I'm sitting at the table, and any time I'm fighting the battle, that battle is happening all around me. Make no mistake, I'm in the middle of the battle, but in the middle of that battle, I'm still sitting at the table with Jesus. I'm locked in on him, I'm locked in on his voice, and I'm listening to what he is speaking into my life. If I can stay in that spot, surrendered, saying, God, whatever it is you want, the answer is yes. I am spending my time with you, I am listening to your voice, I am following your instruction for my life. He gives you the power to live a victorious life. You do not have to give in to anything that the devil is trying to throw your way. I want to encourage you today. You're not starting from zero. You're starting from Jesus. And I think that if we can recalibrate the way that we think around the idea that, that God is with us, Jesus is with me, and he gives me the strength to overcome, then we can enter this battle with encouragement. Uh, with strength, with tenacity, knowing that God gives me the power to overcome. And you guys, it's a big battle. The battle for your mind, it matters because what you think is ultimately who you are. Uh, this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson is amazing. Just think about the progression here. Uh, his quote says this, sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an act and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. Think about that progression. Think about how significant it is that you win the battle for your mind because everything about you, your eternal destiny, it begins with your thought life. It begins with how you think. I want to say that again just so we're on the same page. The quote says, so a thought and you reap an action. Everything that overflows out of our heart comes from our mind. It's what we're thinking about. You sow an act and you reap a habit. 
It becomes a part of who you are. It starts determining your character. You sow a habit, you reap your character, and you sow a character, you reap an eternal destiny. The battle for our mind is an important one. And I want to walk today through a couple quick strategies, how to win the battle of your mind. I would submit to you today that it starts with this concept, you got to lock eyes on the king. you got to remember who you're sitting at the table with. Who paid the ultimate price so that he could be at that table with you? The relationship, the fellowship that God wants to have with you. We've got to lean into that. We've got to lock in on Jesus. We've got to lock in on his word. And we've got to lock in on his voice. When it comes to the battle of my mind, what is Jesus speaking to me? What step of obedience is he ask, asking me to take? What act of surrender is he asking me to, to give to him? I've got to be locked in on his voice. So how do we do that? Well, Number one, strategy number one, identify the thought and restrict access. Let's say identify it all together so we're on the same page. One, two, three, identify it. Say it like you mean it. One, two, three, identify it. What is it that is battling for a place in your mind? What is it? Identify it. What's the hurt? What's the habit? What's the hang-up? What is the desire that that the devil is trying to, to take advantage of, that takes your focus off of Jesus, that takes your focus off his word, that makes you stop listening to his voice. He's so good at, at having us take our eyes off of Jesus. We really need to identify what is it in our life that he is actively trying to attack. And we talked a little bit about this over the last couple of weeks. Sometimes it's that feeling of isolation, that feeling of hopelessness, that feeling of worthlessness. I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. Anytime you're dealing with a lie from the devil, I think it's really important that you ask yourself a couple questions. If something creeps into your mind and you have this feeling like, I'm worthless, there's no way that God loves me, I think the number one thing you have to ask is, wait a second, where, where did this thought come from? Did this, did this thought come from Jesus? Or is this thought coming from the enemy? You've got to identify that. Where did this thought come from? And if you're not sure where it's coming from, I think the second question is just as important. Like, does this thought that I'm dealing with, how does it match up with God's word? How does it match up with what truth he speaks into my life? How does it match up with the, the scripture that I read? Because if it doesn't match up with God's word, then that's not a thought that's coming from Jesus. That's a thought that you can identify it comes from the enemy. You got to identify that because you can't allow unrestricted access in your brain to all of the attacks of the enemy. You've got to restructure it, reorganize your thoughts around Jesus. It's not unrestricted access. That's why uh, the toll road. Let's talk about the toll road. Does anybody get infuriated driving on the toll road like I do? I can't handle it. Anytime I have to drive somewhere that I know I have to drive on the toll road, it drives me crazy because, you guys, it never works out well for me. It just doesn't. Either I get on and I have to use my easy pass and it doesn't work, and then I get really angry because it doesn't work when I get on at the exit by the Elkhart exit by my house. Then I drive to Chicago and I know that when it works, when the gate goes up on the toll road, I know that I just got charged all the way to the other side of Indiana from Ohio. I know I just got double charged for toll. You guys, that drives me crazy. I'm cheap by nature. It drives me crazy. How about this? When someone doesn't have an easy pass and they're in the easy pass only lane and it's backed up for miles and you're going, what is happening right now? Does anybody freak out like that about me? Is it just me? I'm just saying. The toll road, it drives me crazy, but you have to pay to be on the toll road, right? So they have the, the bars that cross it. You know, they have, I think they're like gutters. Is that what they are? Like gutter pipes around there? I don't know what that is. But you, you pay your toll, the gate goes up, you go through. 
I think it's a similar picture of what our, our thought life needs to be. When it comes to the battle for our mind, you have to identify what thought is, is going through my brain right now, and where did that thought come from? Because if that thought didn't come from Jesus, if that thought came from the enemy, it doesn't belong in my mind. Get rid of that thought, because what you allow yourself to think about, those thoughts eventually become actions. Those actions become habits. Those habits become your character. That character becomes your eternal destiny. The battle for your mind is so incredibly important. And I want to challenge you to think about allowing only the things that come from Jesus to, to be the things that you think about. It says in Romans 12 too, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This is significant. I want my thoughts to be the thoughts of Jesus. I'm not going to allow the lies of the enemy to permeate my mind and to focus on all these lies that he's trying to tell me, that I'm not good enough, that I'll never make it, that there's no way that God can come like. Those are all lies from the enemy. And when you allow yourself to fixate on those thoughts, he's winning the battle for your mind. We've got to recalibrate our entire thought life around Jesus. I want to read that again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How amazing is this? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And this speaks to what David says in Psalm 23 when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. When I'm focused on the thoughts of Jesus for my life, what happens? He just reiterates that. Then you learn to know God's will for you, what is good, what is pleasing, what is perfect. I lack nothing. I'm exactly where God wants me to be because the thoughts in my mind are his thoughts. I'm not allowing the enemy to creep in and have a seat at my table. Not going to do it. I want to encourage you today, identify it. What is it that is fighting for the battle of your mind? What is it? The first strategy is you identify it. The second strategy is so important, and I don't think we talk about this enough. You speak to the thought in Jesus' name. And I think the idea behind this is you, you bind it. Can we say that together? One, two, three, bind it. What does that mean? Let's talk about that for a second. When I bind something in the name of Jesus, that's just me reiterating, I'm not starting from zero in this battle. I'm starting with Jesus. He is the one who has overcome death. He is the one who has overcome sin. He has overcome the grave. He is the source of life. He is the source of strength. He is the source of victory. And Jesus is the one who breaks strongholds. Can I get any excitement about that? Jesus is the one who changes lives. And so when I have a battle going on in my mind, I have the ability to bind that thought in Jesus' name. When the devil tells me, you're all alone, nobody loves you, you're all by yourself, you might as well give up, I don't have to listen to that lie. I can say, that thought has not come from Jesus, that thought has come from the enemy. And you know what? Devil, I'm binding that thought in the name of Jesus. Get behind me. You have the power to do that because of what Jesus has done. And I want you today to know you can walk in the strength and the power and the victory of Jesus. You don't have to listen to those lies. You don't have to give that lie a seat at your table. Bind it. Speak to that in the name of Jesus. He is the one who gives you the power to overcome. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul writes this, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. When you're fighting a spiritual battle, man, you fight that battle in the name of Jesus because he is with you. He goes before you. He is the one who gives you the strength to overcome. You bind that thought 
in the name of Jesus. And I want to challenge you today. This is significant. Either you bind that thought or that thought will bind you. It's your choice. You're the one fighting the battle, but if you allow that thought to have a seat at your table and that thought takes your focus off of Jesus, the one who gave everything to have this intimate moment of fellowship with you, if you don't bind that thought in the name of Jesus and stay focused on him, that will be what wrecks you. It always leads to a path of destruction. You got to bind that thought in the name of Jesus. Strategy three, this is big, claim the truth. Claim the truth. Let's say that again. We'll claim it. One, two, three. Claim it. Oh, you guys were on it. Oh, man, that was so good. Okay. I can't speak for what happened in any other venue, but Goshen, you nailed that. I just want you to know that. All right, be proud of yourself. Um, either you bind the thought or you, the thought binds you. You have to claim that truth. In Matthew 4, Jesus is being tempted by the enemy. He's been out in the wilderness for 40 days. He's famished. He's exhausted. He's, he hasn't eaten. He, he's just at the end of his physical rope. He is at the edge. And the first temptation that the devil gives him is, why don't you turn these stones into bread? Use your power for your own benefit. I mean, that's the temptation there. And Jesus' response in Matthew 4, 4 is amazing. He says, but Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I love that. People don't live on bread alone. Now, let's be honest. Bread is amazing. Can we just be real? Bread is awesome. I think like Carabas bread, Outback bread, Longhorn bread. Anybody with me? Like, ooh, you guys getting hungry yet? Do chips and salsa count as bread? I don't know, but I also like chips and salsa. Man does not live on bread alone. It's true. Jesus is saying, hey, there's something much, much more significant at play here. It's not just about the physical world here. This is about the word of God. This is about claiming God's truth for your life. And here's the thing, when you're fighting against the enemy, when you are saying, no, you're not going to have a seat at my table. In fact, devil, I'm binding you in the name of Jesus. You don't deserve a seat at this table. And my God gives me the power to say, you're not welcome here. Get out, <laughs> get away from my table. When you have the ability to do that and realize, okay, I can bind that thought in, in the name of Jesus, I want you to know something that's really important. When you're talking about this concept that Jesus says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by the word of God, what he's, what he's showing us is the significance and the importance of the word of God. Every time that Jesus was tempted, he responded with scripture. That's me knowing God's word for my life. That means if I have a hurt, a habit, or hang up, I need a scripture in my life that's go-to, that when the devil starts whispering, trying to get my attention, I bind them in Jesus' name and I respond with the power of God's word. Listen, there isn't any power in your opinion, okay? I just, I want you to know that as, as much as people love their opinions in our culture today, there is no power in your opinion when you're fighting this enemy. The power comes from the word of God. And I want to challenge you today to know the Word of God, to be able to lock in, lock your eyes in on Jesus, to focus on His Word, and to listen to His voice. This is big. If you want to win this battle for your mind, claim the truth. Claim it for your life. And how about this? Can we just, can we just do this? These are going to be posted on our social media every day this week, and I want you to think about this and how you respond to the lies of the devil in your life. Let's just apply one to every day of the week. Monday. How about this verse in Isaiah 43? God says, I have called you by name. You are mine. When the devil tries to tell you you're not worthless, that God doesn't love you, this is truth from God's word that says, my God knows my name. 
Tuesday, Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord will personally go ahead of you. That's a, a promise for me. My God goes before me. He hasn't forgotten me. He fights my battles for me. I'm not starting from zero. I'm starting with Jesus. My God goes before me. Wednesday, Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When I'm feeling weak, when I feel like I can't do it on my own, my God gives me strength. That's power from God's word that I can claim from my life. Thursday, Romans 8.10, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal. Guys, my God gives me a future. Man, when you feel like you, you don't know which way to go, you're, you're, you're wanting to give up, you have this hope of eternal glory that God is going to give you. That is his truth for your life. You can claim it. How about Friday, Isaiah 54, no weapon turned against you will succeed. My God protects me. He goes before me. He, he's with me. Saturday, Romans 8, 16. How great is this? It's so simple, but it's so, it's so critical. We are God's children. My God calls me his child. I am his most dearly loved and prized possession. That's the God that I serve. When the enemy is trying to tell me that I'm not good enough, that's the truth of God's word that I claim from my life. Sunday. Ephesians 1.19, you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. And there's the truth there that my God gives me victory. You guys, we're not starting at zero. We're starting with Jesus. We claim the truth and the power of his word for our life. And it helps us win the battle for our minds. This is how we get victory. You don't have to listen to the lies of the enemy any longer. The fourth strategy is, is really simple. It's recognizing all of these things that we've talked about. First of all, you identify it. What is the thought that the devil is trying to use against me? How is the enemy trying to take my eyes off of Jesus? How is he trying to beat me down? How is he trying to steal my joy, kill my spirit, destroy my soul? The second strategy is binding that, speaking to that thought in Jesus' name. The third one is claiming God's truth, his word for my life. And the final strategy is just applying it. It's walking in the truth. Walk in it. Can we just say that together? Walk in it. You guys are still on it, and I love that. Walk in it. Put it into practice. Sometimes we know everything to do. We know all the right answers, and we just don't put it into practice. I know that if I go downstairs to my basement, and I just get on that treadmill for 40 minutes a day, I can be in the best shape of my life. It's sitting right down there in my basement, but I don't get on it very often. <laughs> I've got to walk in it. I've got to put it into practice. And there's nothing different here when it comes to our relationship with God. You've got to walk in this. You've got to put this into practice in your life. I just want to ask you this question as we come to a close today. What is fighting for a seat at your table? Because a lot of times we allow the devil to take a seat at a table that, that he hasn't been invited to. We buy those lies of worthlessness, hopelessness, isolation. We buy the lie that somehow we have this fear of missing out, that if we don't join the party that everybody's joining in, we're going to somehow miss out on something great. And we forget that when I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, when I'm locked in on who he is and, and his truth for my life, that is where life is lived to the fullest. That's the life that I was created for. I forget that, man, Jesus paid the ultimate price so that he could sit at this table with me. And I want all of us to be able to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, locked in on the King. I want us all to be locked in on his word, listening to his voice. 
You guys don't give the enemy a seat at your table. How's he trying to get there? What is fighting for a seat at your table? Would you take a moment as we conclude today to just ask yourself, what is it? Identify it. Put a name to it. What's the hurt? What's the habit? What's the hang up? Man, I challenge you today, bind that in the name of Jesus. Surrender that to Jesus because the enemy does not have to have a seat at your table. Claim it. Claim the truth of God's word for your life and walk in it. You know, this whole journey with Jesus, it begins by saying yes to him. It begins by saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you to forgive me, to come into my heart and to make me new. And at Crossroads every week, we want to make sure everybody has a chance to do that, to connect with Jesus, to, to have your life changed by the love that he has for you. And ultimately, that is where this journey with Jesus begins. And so as we prepare to close, I, I want to invite us all to be able to say this prayer together because that's where the journey begins for every single one of us. So where you're, where you're at, would you just stand? And if this is something that you need to do for the first time or you're realizing, man, I, I don't want to be consumed by these lies that the enemy is telling me anymore. My, my life has been consumed by these lies and it's taken me down a path I never wanted to go down. I want you to know that right now you have a chance to say yes to Jesus and, and he can change everything. And so I invite you to join us all in saying this prayer right now and invite you to truly in this moment say yes to Jesus. Would you pray this with me? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. When the Lord is your shepherd, you lack nothing. Can we just give God the praise and the glory today? Because that's true. That's his truth for our life. That's what we believe. Here's the thing. It's kind of a crazy day. But if you've just said yes to Jesus for the first time, listen, we want to celebrate that with you today. Uh, Stu is outside by the You Are Love tent. He is waving his arm right now. Michelle is up here in this room waving her arm. We would love to get to know you. We would love to give you a Bible, help you take your first steps in your relationship with Jesus. We want to celebrate that Jesus is changing your life. So please come say hello. Let us celebrate what God is doing in your life with you today. And if you've already said yes to Jesus, I, I want to encourage you to take advantage of this moment. We're going to close and, and just experience one more song together. And if you've identified something in your life where you recognize the enemy is, is fighting for a place at your table, and if you're saying, you know what, no, it's, it's, that's not going to stand. It's time to bind this in the name of Jesus. I don't have to give in to this. I'm walking in the power and the freedom of Jesus. I'm binding that and I'm claiming the truth of God's word for my life. I'm going to walk in freedom. If now is a moment where you're saying, God, I recognize it. The enemy's trying to fight for a place at my table. This is where it's at and I'm not going to let that happen. May this be a moment of surrender. May this be a moment where you say, God, I'm focusing on you. The enemy is not going to have a seat at my table today. I am going to bind that in the name of Jesus and I'm going to walk in the freedom of his truth. If that's your response today, I would invite you in a moment of surrender to come forward and to be anointed. This anointing is a symbol that you are surrendering this moment, this thing that you've been dealing with to Jesus. 
and that you're walking away in freedom knowing that you haven't started from zero, zero, you've started with Jesus. You're binding that in the name of Jesus and you're going to walk out of this today in the freedom of knowing you are fighting the battle of your mind and you are winning because you have given that to Jesus. I want us all to be able to experience that freedom and joy of walking away today knowing that the battle is not one I'm fighting on my own. Jesus fights this with me. And so if that's a way you'd like to respond, I invite you. If you're outside, you want to be anointed and have a moment of surrender, go see Stu. He's still waving his hand, I think, by the tent out there. Go be anointed. A symbol of, of surrender, of giving this to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I want you to be my shepherd because I don't want to lack anything. I want to live the life that you created me for. If you're in this room, I invite you to come forward. Michelle, Ashley, myself will be up here doing anointing. Have a moment with Jesus. Identify it. Bind it in the name of Jesus. Claim his truth and walk in victory. Let's respond as we experience this moment together.